All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop bowl presentation Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Hoopball Box Score Breakdown Podcast. It is is January 8th, 2020. I am your host, Alan Strokey, joined by my fellow host, the captain, Kurt Beach. Kurt, how's it going? Alan, I'm just living the dream, brother. Uh, as we were talking before the show, just, just back home in Alaska in the, the bitter cold temperatures, we hit negative 26 the other day and... My beard was literally freezing to my face. How are you doing, man? That's that's a that's a really horrifying scene that you painted <laughs> for me there. I, we uh, we I speak for all of us when I say I hope that you're keeping warm. Um, <laughs> down here in Atlanta, it's a little easier to do. I mean, it's a crisp 55. I think it was today. Uh, no no beards freezing here. Uh, <laughs> probably not going to happen 
hopefully anytime soon here god you know god willing Man, um, that's, that's like an alaska summer day <laughs> that's i mean uh, atlanta winter being an alaska summer sounds about right to me <laughs> we you know we may be on the polar opposites in terms of temperature but we are on the same page in terms of our fantasy analysis but we are ready to dive into a nine game wednesday back to the basics last week was kind of an anomaly with the uh the four game setup yeah so yeah, uh, we'll get right to it. But before we do, uh, we have, of course, as we always do, to give props to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, the greatest podcast sponsor in the world. They, like all shows on hoop-ball.com, are sponsored by Hawaiian Isles. This is brought to you by Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Check them out at their website at hawaiianisles.com. You can look them up on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles. Kona Coffee, and of course, you can always look them up on Twitter at H-I Kona Coffee. Hawaiian Isles, get yourself a cup today. A warm cup of coffee would probably do you good, wouldn't it, Kurt? Yeah, a warm cup of coffee, cold beer, either or. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, either one would probably work for you in this sort of situation. Yeah. Anything will keep you warm. Well, why don't we all gather around and talk about the first game on the docket tonight. We had the San Antonio Spurs beating the Boston Celtics in Boston, 129 San Antonio, 114 Boston. Uh, We'll start over on the Spurs side of things in this one. DeMar DeRozan leading the charge with 30 points on 10 of 17 shooting. Perfect 10 of 10 from the free throw line. He added six rebounds, four assists, a steal, and four turnovers on the night. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge was a bit more quiet. He's been red hot all year long. In this one, he was pretty mild. 13 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 blocks, and a 3-pointer on 5 of 11 shooting. DeJounte Murray starting, uh, continuing to hold down the starting lineup. Uh, he is 20, In 28 minutes tonight, he scored 10 points, grabbed 7 rebounds, had 4 assists, 2 steals, and uh, in a turnover. Nothing much else to that line. He's still trucking along uh, since having those minutes restrictions lifted. Um, Bryn Forbes actually had a pretty good ball game in this one. He had 15 points on uh, five of 10 shooting, four three pointers, which he's pretty accustomed to. Three rebounds, six assists, and two steals. That's pretty out of the ordinary for him. This is really just a three point specialist at, at best. That's kind of what he does. So not much else to really look into with that line there, other than it's nice to see it getting involved in some other capacity. Uh, a, a, fun, a fun line off the bench in this one. In 19 minutes, second-year guard Lonnie Walker scored 19 points. He had uh, a lot of did a lot of his dirty work in the fourth quarter. He shot 7 of 11 from the field, grabbed three rebounds, dished out an assist, and swiped a steal, had two three-pointers as well. He's been uh, his minutes have been trending up over his last four games. He's averaged around 21 minutes per contest. Uh, Popovich has been rather reluctant to give him a lot of playing time so far in his young career there. But I mean, you know, he he's definitely demonstrated an ability to score pretty well, um, which the San, particularly from the perimeter, something to keep an eye on and maybe. Deep to dyna- deep leagues or really more dynasty settings. Uh, I do find it interesting that he, his minutes are ramping up. Unclear if that is a sign of things to come, but perhaps as the Spurs season goes along, that his role could continue to grow. Uh, 
if does that make him fantasy relevant? I don't know. Probably not. He doesn't have a whole lot to his game. It doesn't seem like outside the scoring and three pointers, but it is nice to see that he's getting his reps. Um, and then, uh, yeah, pretty much the, you know, nothing really else worth noting on the Spurs side of things. Derek white scored 15 points off the bench in 20 minutes, but he is not really a relevant guy in fantasy leagues. In my opinion, uh, Kurt, what else do you see from this box score here? Yeah, man, not much that moves the needle. Like you said, I like to keep an eye on Lonnie Walker, but it's it's more just a watch list kind of guy in standard leagues because there's too, just too many guards here. Unless they get knocked out of the playoff race, which, you know, pop, they, they're they never throwing in the towel. So I don't really think that there's going to be enough there for him on the season unless uh, a couple guards go down. Uh, the one guy who I think is pretty nice in the last 30 days is, like I said, Jonte Murray. Number 43 on nine cat rankings and on the season, pretty solid over the last 30 days on elite efficiency, 54%, almost 82 from the free throw line. And we know a lot of his value comes from his steals at 2.1. So after a pretty disappointing start to the year, he's really coming on hot. Uh, that's, that's really my only, only thought here on the Spurs tonight. You want to hear yeah. about these Celtics? Yeah, please. That's the much more interesting team in this, in this matchup. Yeah, yeah. so we had uh, Kemba Walker thrown out of the game tonight, I believe, for arguing with a referee. So his line was pretty muted. Daniel Tice had 15-5 and five with a block, also chipped in two three-pointers. Gordon Hayward had 18-3-3 three three with a steal, a block, four three-pointers, and no turnovers. Pretty solid line from Hayward. Jason Tatum had 14-6-3, one steal, and that was about the it out. For, for his line, anyway. Uh, Jalen Brown, he's been a nice surprise. I believe he came into the season uh, by default ranks in Yahoo at, like, number 118. And he's just cruising along in the last... Let's see, I pulled this up somewhere. In the last 30 days, he's number 54. And I think he's actually better than that on the season as a whole. He's just doing pretty well. Uh, 16 points, 3 rebounds, 2 steals, 1 three-pointer. Off the bench... Uh, they recalled Taco Fall from the G League. He saw 10 minutes. Uh, he was kind of fun to watch in college. He almost took out Zion Williamson in the March Madness tournament last year, but I don't think there's going to be enough playing time for him to be a contributor in fantasy this year in almost any league. Cantor, who had been really starting to put it together in limited minutes, had an off night tonight. Two points, seven boards, and assist. Marcus Smart's coming off the bench now. He saw 25 minutes, though. 12 points, 5 assists, 2 threes. It should still be enough for him to cling on to standard league value. Um, and other news with these, these guys, that's about it. The only other thing was uh, Time Lord, Robert Williams. Uh, we got word today that he, Brad Stevens said he wouldn't be playing in the near, near future. So take that for what it is. Other than that, not really much change in here tonight from a fantasy perspective that i see alan uh what's your take on these guys well i'm glad that you mentioned the time lord news because outside that there's nothing really much to add to this team obviously kemba's gonna be better in his next one um you know probably won't hopefully we'll encounter a ref who won't throw him out after uh a little vulgarity which i believe was the reason that the referee gave for throwing him out um, but yeah, with the Time Lord being gone, it, it's really freed up this run for Cantor that's sort of turned him into the standard league asset. 
you know, the, the, the three headed monster at center uh, that the Celtics were running with before kind of sat all three guys of their value. Uh, Daniel Tice has some low end appeal because of his ability to get those block shots and uh, just whenever, you know, uh, Ennis Cantor's not on, Tice is usually going to do something. And he was pretty okay tonight with the line that he was able to produce. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think that with the time Lord Robert Williams sideline indefinitely is, I guess, what we have to extrapolate from that quote, you should feel free or feel very comfortable with owning Cantor even after tonight's quiet line. Yeah, I'm on board with that. All right. Uh, I guess that's all we have from that one. So we'll just move right along to our next game on the docket, which is the Toronto Raptors taking overtime to beat the Charlotte Hornets at home. Raptors beat them at 112 to 110. Big story from this one was rookie Terrence Davis, who got the start in place of Freddie Van Vliet. He had 30 in 37 minutes. He scored a career high 23 points, grabbed 11 rebounds, dished out five assists, had a steal in four three pointers. He is uh, definitely been surprised at turning a lot ahead. The undrafted uh, rookie, I can't remember where he went to school. Forgive me for that one. Uh, yeah, I'll look it up later. But, yeah, Terrence Davis is really, uh, he's, he's played himself, and I think, to a regular rotation piece for the rest of the year. When this team is healthy, he's not a fantasy guy. But when these guards are, in and out of the rotation, he definitely has a role. And it is it is a little interesting because in Toronto's last game, I think he didn't even crack 10 minutes off the bench. So Nick Nurse is clearly experimenting with some things right now. He definitely, I think he, he really proved himself tonight. Uh, he led the team, in, for what, if you whatever stock you put into it, he led the team with 20, plus 20 in the plus minus column. Um, and, you know, he's solid. Uh, I, I don't know if I would recommend an ad in anything other than maybe 14 to 16 team leagues if you're in need of some sort of uh, assist potential out of him. I mean, we got to see if he'll stick around in the starting lineup because there are, the, the situation is fluid. But he's definitely on my watch list at a minimum. Elsewhere on this box score, Sergi Baca continues to be a 20 and 10 threat nightly with all with Siakam and Gasol out of the way. He did that just that again: 23 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, and two block shots. 10 of 19 shooting from the floor. Uh, he's a guy I think is a sell high type of candidate. While all these indefinite tags are still tied to these Raptors, because when this team is healthy, he was fighting to stay within standard league value. Right before, I mean, I had him in a spot, and I almost dropped him before all that news broke. And obviously, since then, he's been well worth using. So, just something to keep in mind. Uh, OG Ananobi had a nice bounce back game: nineteen points, seven rebounds, an assist, and a steal on eight of thirteen shooting with three three pointers. Kyle Lowry in this game, he shot pretty poorly from the floor, but still managed an okay line: fifteen points, nine assists, two rebounds, two steals, and two three pointers. Patrick McCaw in forty three minutes. Had another pretty pretty decent ball game. 13 points to go with 11 assists. Led the team in that category. Five rebounds and a steal and a three-pointer. He's another interesting guy who's had a very lackluster fantasy game throughout the years. And he's now rattled two pretty good ball games in a row off of each other. And I I feel like I like I, I definitely like Davis more. But these two guys, I guess, with Van Vliet out of the way, they're going to have opportunities to produce at a pretty high level. Well, they're going to at least they're going to have the minutes total to do it. I don't think either can produce at a high level. Let me backtrack there. 
Uh, I don't know, Kirk. Well, th- these two are probably the most interesting Raptors of the moment. Do you have any thoughts on McCaw versus Terrence Davis? Um, gosh, I. It's tough because they're neither of them has really done it on a consistent basis. I think I, I think I'd probably learn, lean toward Davis, like you said. Uh, he's been getting some decent minutes in the low twenties in the last eight to ten games or so. Uh, like you said, I don't think they're really pickups in standard leagues, but um, after tonight, especially for McCaw, uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye on them. But we also got to keep in mind that they probably saw some additional run today with the overtime. Uh, 43 minutes for McCaw is just monstrous. but Of course. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see watching them, but I'm, I wouldn't be picking them up in most standard leagues, like you said. Yeah, they're both kind of shaky and, you know, both relatively unproven. McCaw has the longest track record, and we've seen more times than not that he's not been a very successful guy. So I think it's better to defer to safety there. And I guess before we move on to the next game, it's just worth mentioning that the reserves did nothing of any note. Uh, Chris Boucher, who everyone wants to break out and be something, he continues to just not get the playing time. Despite it being an overtime game, he saw 14 minutes and did very little with them. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson saw the most minutes off the bench with 22 and didn't do much either. So I think both guys are safe on your wire. Yeah, I agree. And a little disappointed about Boucher because I was hoping that he could get some extra run with all these guys going down. But the minutes just aren't there. And if mm-hmm. they're, he's not getting minutes when you know 80% of the guys are out. I uh, don't see that change anytime soon. I'm holding him in one league only because the wire in that league is so bad. I've been wanting to drop him for about 10 days, and there's just nobody even worth a pickup. So uh, silver lining, I guess, is he got the two blocks. But maybe maybe like a deep league block specialist, but almost nothing else there. Um, yeah, I agree. On the Hornets side, these guys uh, are in a interesting predicament here with all their fringy guys because they're playing two games this week two games next week and then i think they go three three two and two so if you're in a head-to-head matchup and you know games played is everything there if you have some of these guys some of the fringier ones couldn't really blame you if you wanted to make a drop uh tonight we had pj washington go for 12 and 12 six times two blocks saw 40 minutes miles bridges who uh, has been dropped in a few leagues, and people are pretty disappointed with him on the year. Probably one of his, actually, probably his best line of the season: twenty-six and nine with an assist, a steal, a block, and six three-pointers. Also made ten of fifteen shots from the field. Bismack Biombo starting. Saw thirty-two minutes tonight, which is uh, on the high side for him. He had six and seven with three assists, two blocks. Uh, again, you don't. Even if you're streaming blocks, you don't really want him in the next few weeks. Terry Rozier, he's been on a heater his last few games, man. 27 points, 3 assists, 3 steals, 5 three-pointers. Devontae Graham, uh, his woeful shooting continues. 3 of 15 from the field. Uh, his three makes were all three-pointers. He had 11 points, 6 assists, 5 boards, 1 steal. Off the bench, Cody Zeller saw 21 minutes. He went for 14 and 8. And... For Bridges and Washington, we get a lot of questions about them. Are they drops? It's kind of surprising. In the last 30 days, 
Bridges is actually 157 on the season in 9-cat, according to Yahoo, and PJ is number 183. I would think that he would actually be higher than Bridges, even though they're both like at the end or outside standard league conversation based on rankings alone. I'm not dropping them anywhere, but if you had both of them on a team and you're looking at this next six-week stretch, it's going to be a little brutal there. Um, also, the other thing I got that I maintain is on Devontae Graham over the last month. He's number 51 on the season, and he's only shooting 33% from the field. So that can go up, even if it goes up to 38 or 39. I mean, he could probably climb close to a round in value. So for as, as good as he is in all the counting stats, I think he's a bit of a buy low. Other than that, we had uh, was it Marvin Williams is still out with his broken nose. Nothing really new here on the Hornets' side. What's your take, Alan? Uh, I, I think it's a great point you made on Devontae, the fact that he is shooting about as bad as any NBA player possibly could over his last month of games, and that he's still not just the top 100 asset, but he's like a mid-round asset. That's a total buy-low sort of situation. He definitely has room to grow. He, he's just got to come up, right? I mean, there's just no way yeah. that he can continue shooting that poorly for so long. And if that if he's that good with that sort of percentage, that should tell you all you need to know. That he's probably a guy you should take a take a look at if in a trade situation. Yeah, I mean, he's making look he's making a uh, Terry Rozier look kind of like a uh, gosh, I don't know who's a guy with crazy good field goal percentage. <laughs> Uh, let's see. How about Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, he's making <laughs> Rozier look like a stud from the field. Yeah, and to Rozier's credit, I mean, he, I think we we kind of gotten the, the gist with him this year. He's just going to go on brief hot streaks followed by some pretty down uh, shooting slumps because, you, you know, yeah, over the last couple of weeks, he's really been turning it on. I think he over his last week of ball games, he was a, an early round guy really shooting well from the floor. And to the Bridges and Washington note, I think that that value discrepancy where Bridges is a little bit higher than Washington, I think a good credit of that goes to Miles Bridges' last four to five ball games where he's really started to turn things like he's really turned things up in terms of just his production. He's shooting the ball well from the floor and those that in that span he's grabbing near double digit rebounds in every outing. The defensive stats are coming around, but I don't, I don't think I trust. I, I, I don't think I trust that he is going to find a way to turn himself into a top 100 asset, but he definitely, I feel like he has nowhere to go but up because of how just rough his season has gone thus far. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people were super high on him because there just didn't seem to be a lot in Charlotte and not a lot of mm-hmm. people were predicting this kind of emergence and, and usage for Devontae Graham. But like you said, I yeah. think he's he's got nowhere to go but up. Yeah, he's not going to hit that ADP, but he no. could. I think he could. He could improve in the in the new year. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, so that'll do it for that game. Let's move right along to the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers. Miami winning this one, one twenty two to one oh eight. Jimmy Butler uh, getting under the skin of TJ Warren got uh, the the latter ejected in that one, but I'll save that for you to get into, Kurt. <laughs> for Butler's side of things, he scored 14 points, grabbed six rebounds, and uh, dished out seven assists, added two steals on the night, and only took six shots. Yeah, Butler's been sh- struggling with a shot recently, so it's nice to see that in a low-volume situation, he didn't kill you in any percentages. He hit all four free throws. He only missed one of his six shots. So all in all, pretty good, useful ball game out of Jimmy. 
Duncan Robinson, my guy in this one, he had 17 points on five of 12 shooting, four three-pointers, five assists, a rebound, and a steal. He's been a, he, he's been a standard league guy for a while now, and I think he should he shouldn't be on any waiver wires. That's all I need to say about that. Bam Adebayo in this one had 18 points, grabbed nine rebounds, dished out four assists, had a block, and shot eight of 11 from the floor. Kendrick Nunn scored 15 points, th- uh, had three assists, and pretty much nothing else. Big note on this one, uh, Justice Winslow finally made his return. He saw 16 minutes off the bench and really didn't do much. His return has a little bit more to do with what it's going to do to some of these other guys uh, coming off of Miami's bench and really how his role in the rotation will affect some of these guys we've seen emerge. Uh, A name that I was really keeping an eye on in this one was Derek Jones Jr. I was really interested to see what role he would have with Winslow back around, and he led all reserves with 30 minutes in this one, shot 5 of 10 from the field, 18 points, Seven rebounds and six cash counters. Two steals, two blocks, and two three-pointers. Over his last 16 games, uh, and in that 16-game span, he's been seeing at least 25 minutes and up. In that 16-game span, he has been the 84th best player in nine category leagues. He's completely eliminated Kelly Olenek from the rotation, who did not even see the floor tonight. He's jumped James Johnson for playing time. Uh, I like him. I, I really do. I think that he has proven himself in this Miami rotation. Uh, you know, Winslow's obviously going to see more than 16 minutes a night, and they're probably going to start coming from Jones's minutes. But if he can maintain something close to 25 minutes a ball game, I think that he has value in standard leagues. What's your take on that, Kurt? Um, yeah, I uh, on Derek Jones. Yeah, I mean, do you think that he has any sort of role left? With yeah. Winslow back around, yeah, like you said, with uh, Winslow coming back, um, definitely something to watch. And Win- Winslow, I feel like he gets a lot of hype in fantasy, and he just butchers your percentages, he butchers your turnovers, and his counting stats aren't high enough to offset that. I just without looking this up, I think he was somewhere in like the the mid two hundreds before he went down for that extended stretch. So definitely was hoping he wouldn't kill Derek Jones. I. I I love his fantasy game, probably just like you do, and those cash counters are great, uh, especially the defensive stats. I own him in a couple places, uh, one of those leagues where I just had like just nobody on the wire, and I picked him up before he was really doing anything, and he's been a, a good grab there. Uh, I think he's definitely a standard league guy. Hopefully, Winslow doesn't cut into his minutes too much. They'll probably ramp Winslow up a little bit, but yeah, definitely... All about Derek Jones's fantasy game. Just hope he gets the minutes and doesn't lose out to Trashy Winslow. Yeah, and yeah, no, Winslow is a just a really bad fantasy asset. One of the name value obscuring real value sort of deals. Yeah. And the only thing that he matters in my equation is how he affects these guys who do help your fantasy team. So to that end, if you have Derek Jones Jr., I mean, you're definitely you're obviously not going to drop him after tonight. Uh, you just keep an eye on this situation as it continues to develop. I have some optimism that Derek Jones has played his way into meaningful minutes in Miami, which, you know, Spolstra has been very shaky with his rotations in the past. He's not afraid to switch guys in and out, but uh, Jones Jr.'s, I feel like he's a little bit different here. I think that he's got something, to, uh, he's got staying power. So let's just, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that situation. 
before we move on to the Pacers, I guess it's worth mentioning that Tyler Harrow and Goran Dragic also had pretty good scoring games off the bench. Harrow had 19 points, grabbed seven rebounds, and had two assists on seven of 16 shooting, while Goran Dragic scored 15 points with four assists, a rebound, and a steal. Those two are going to remain relatively consistent for what they do, uh, and I don't really have anything else to add on either, on either player. Yep, no, sir. I'll uh, jump in on the Pacers' side. We saw DeMontis Sabonis lead the team in minutes with 37, and not a surprise, he led the team in points and boards too with 27 and 14, chipped in six dimes. TJ Warren, this was funny, I saw this highlight. He, he got into it with Jimmy Butler, and then after the game, uh, Jimmy Butler's just calling him trash, and he, <laughs> he, uh, on his Twitter, he's like, you can't guard me, you're trash. Uh, looking forward to the next time we meet. So that'll be kind of funny, ma- uh, fun matchup to watch. Uh, so with that, he, he still saw 23 minutes, but three points, four rebounds. He'll be okay. I, I haven't heard anything about whether he'll miss additional games for this one. Turner had 9-5-2 and two with two blocks and a steal. Also chipped into three. He's been underwhelming this year, but still your uh, solid blocks guy. Aaron Holiday is around number 120. On the season, or sorry, on the last month, he had 14 and 5 today. And Jeremy Lamb had 13 points, 4 rebounds, and a steal with three threes. Off the bench, the other holiday, Justin, had 14 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, three threes. And this guy I'm watching is Edmund Sumner. I believe this is his second game back in a row, only because I know our overlord Aaron Bruski is super high on him uh so I don't know if the minutes are going to be there for him but I'm definitely watching him you know when Bruski's watching a guy you should be watching that guy the other note on this game was that Victor Oladipo said that he's looking at a January 29th return so what is that like three weeks away uh when he comes back I'm sure they'll bring him along slowly but guys like Aaron Holiday and Jeremy Lamb will probably see a ding. Uh, I don't. I would love to see Depot eventually get up to full speed and a big allotment of minutes. Maybe I mean I would settle for even mid to high twenties. I don't know if it'll happen. It'll be nice to see. Uh, also, we had Malcolm Brogdon out again with his back injury. He's missed a good amount of games here, and really, besides the Depot news, not much changes here on the Pacers side. And what's your take on these guys? Yeah, the uh, you know I, I hesitate to make the comparison because I don't think it's the same. But similar to how I was just talking about Justice Winslow and how I'm more concerned with how he affects these other guys than I am in him personally. Yeah. Oladipo's return is sort of the same thing. Now, now obviously Oladipo has a far higher fantasy ceiling. I mean, he was doing close to early round stuff before he f- suffered that injury back in the beginning of 2019. But like you said, it's it's probably going to be a slow ramp up for him. The the only thing that will be there is just going to be a nice chunk of minutes that's going to come out of a lot of these guards that have been playing pretty well. The uh, Aaron Holiday is going to lose uh, his opportunity, I think, at getting some of those additional shooting guard minutes as a result. This is going to relegate him to being more of a point guard sort of uh, player, which you know he, he could still have some stash appeal with Malcolm Brogdon's injury history. He's clearly proven himself to be a really, he's just a good NBA player. So he's going to stick around, but he's not going to be worth using. 
And then Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday are guys who are really going to see a downtick. I think Lamb will still be worth using in standard settings, maybe like around the fringe. It's just it's kind of hard to say because this whole Pacers team has there's a a bunch of brand new parts that are going to be reintroduced to this star player. So, yeah, the, the, the safe guys seem to be forwards, Turner, Warren and Sabonis. Those guys are probably not going to see their their minutes go anywhere and probably not their roles in the offense either. So I'm just keeping a close eye on these guards as we get towards the end of January. Yes, sir. So yeah, that's, if that's everything we got on the Pacers, then why don't we just go ahead to this next clunker of a game? And uh, I could not say enough gross things about this Washington wizards line, but I guess (laughs) you're about to hear them. Uh, Wizards loot dropped this one 89 to 123, the Magic beat them down at home. This The Wizards uh, didn't have a single player in the starting lineup break 10 points. Jordan McRae led the, led the charge with nine. The uh, So, you know, we're going to go with, we're going to start with the bench. We're going to start with the bench guys here. And Troy Brown Jr. is the guy that's worth talking in this equation. He saw 35 minutes uh, and shot 6-17 from the floor en route to 18 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, two steals and a three-pointer. Uh, I, it's bittersweet for me because I feel like I, I was on the Troy Brown train early. I was really excited about his potential for this team. I picked him up when his minutes started going up and when his role started increasing, and then I dropped him after three or four so-so games, and now he's back to being probably the only wizard on this team that I trust on a night-to-night basis. He's really good, um, or relative to the rest of these guys. Um, he's got the most opportunity, I think, of these play, of these players. They, the Wizards are going to continue developing him, and he's a guy worth holding on to in standard settings. Uh, Admiral Schofield came out of nowhere with 36 minutes off the bench. He scored 18 points on 8 of 13 shooting, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 three-pointers. He had not seen he, – he wasn't even in the rotation on a consistent basis before this game. Uh, and I, I guess that the injury to Garrison Matthews has opened up opportunity for him, but by no means uh, is he a guy I'm targeting in pretty much any setting. Uh, he's just, yeah, there's just, there's no consistency to expect out of him there. Um, I know I'm going to mess this one up, but um, I'm just passing, passing, there you go. At 16. Yeah. All right. I think I got it. I think I got it towards the end. I still messed it all up, but Close <laughs> I think enough. I finished strong. Yeah. 16 points in 35 minutes. He had five rebounds, three assists, two blocks. He and Jan Mahimi continue to trade off on uh, which one is going to get the majority of the playing time, and neither are worth trusting. That's the theme for this Wizards team. I don't trust <laughs> like anyone. Uh, Ish Smith, who was a guy who was on a real heater before this game, he had a lackluster nine points, four assists, three rebounds, and a steal in 25 minutes off the bench. I'll give him this, though. He looks much better than Isaiah Thomas of late, who really, really looks gassed. He, he had one of the worst lines of the night, frankly. He shot two of eight from the floor in this one, seven points, two assists, a rebound, and five turnovers. Also missed two of his three free throw attempts. Uh, if you're holding on to him in a standard setting, I think it's time to let go because just you know there's just not a lot there. 
uh, he just, he, he really just, he's slowing down and it's sad to see. So I don't know, Kurt, do you have anything else that you think is worth mentioning for this Wizards team? Man, just that they're such a mess. Like we had different guys, I feel like in the last month emerging here, you know, with, I mean, I guess the Pasechniks or whatever. I don't think he really emerged, but he was worth watching. Uh, Troy Brown, we've been watching. Jordan McRae, uh, Gary Payton. Uh, gosh, you, you never know who it's going to be over here. And I'm with you on on IT. Man, I, I picked him up or drafted him in the last round of every one of my drafts, and I was really excited about him. And he's, I don't know, he's good sometimes, and he's terrible most of other times and in standard leagues I think you can do better even even if there's not somebody who's getting you those his numbers still look okay on the season I I think last time I looked it was like two threes 13 14 points and four assists those aren't numbers that are easy to find off the wire but he's that's season long numbers in the last month or so he's been pretty bad and I definitely understand a drop there uh, let's see. Actually, on the last month, he is number two fifty four. So, Eesh. I mean, you can you can always use that spot for a streamer. I've moved on in a few spots, and then holding him in a couple others just because the wire is barren. But yeah, definitely disappointed there. The guy that I'm kind of excited about that I waited too long on was Jordan McRae. Uh, he got scooped up in all my leagues, and I was like, that's not gonna last. But you know, who who knows with this Beal situation how long that's going to go for. And, you know, even though he wants to play, I think he's got decent shutdown potential there. So if Jordan McRae keeps starting, and yeah, tonight tonight's line, just throw it out because of the blowout factor. But in the last, his last seven games, Jordan McRae is number 77 on the season. And just look at his game log in the last uh, seven games or so. It's it's pretty nice. So if you already own him, don't drop him after this game. Um, I guess not not interested in Gary Payton, really. The other guy, the fringy guy that I would be looking at, like you said, is uh, Troy Brown Jr. Other than that, really hoping to get my uh, Davis Bertans back in some of my leagues. Uh, yeah. Gosh, he was crushing it. But other than that, man, not I'm not trusting anyone here too much. Like you said, yeah, yeah. I, I think I undersold Jordan McRae in that analysis too when I said that uh, Brown was probably the only guy to trust. Uh, McRae is definitely a guy worth holding on to, particularly with the whole situation going on with Beal and how he seems to be barreling towards a shutdown situation at some point. Even before that point gets, even before he gets to that point, McRae was able to coexist with him in some capacity. So yeah, you definitely hold on there. Yeah. Um, on the Magic side, our buddy, gosh, it's it's sad to think about the Magic without Jonathan Isaac. Uh, I think sure is. news I saw on him was he wasn't going to undergo surgery, which was supposed to be good for his long-term value. It's supposed to be reevaluated in seven to nine weeks. If you're holding on to him in your, I, in your IR spot, if you have one, remember, as we're seeing this season, reevaluated doesn't mean coming back then. Uh, it's simply being reevaluated then. They might look at it and say he needs to miss another month, so... Very real possibility he's not there for our fantasy playoffs. If you can afford it and you have the IR spots, I would definitely not be dropping him. Um, if you have only one IR spot and he's sitting in that and you get two, three, four more injuries and you're starting to drop in the rankings, then I get it. But gosh, it's just so hard to let go of his four combined defensive stats. I saw in one of my leagues somebody traded him away for uh, Harrison Barnes. 
and it was just so painful to look at. And then I'm like, this this is so lopsided. Isaac's side wins, but you know, maybe not. If he doesn't play, who knows? Anyway, uh, Aaron Gordon should get a little bit of extra run in theory with him out, but with the massive blowout tonight, only saw 25 minutes for 10 and 7, two dimes a steal. Vooch had 29 and 9 with two assists, two steals, a block, two threes, solid Vooch line. Markel Fultz had four steals, which is very nice. Six points, seven assists, seven boards. Evan Fournier had 19, two and five with two steals and four triples. The only guy really here that I'm kind of watching is Kem Birch. And I know he, he didn't do anything exciting when Vooch was out. So it seems like if he didn't do it then, why is he going to do it now? But if he's starting, you know, he's, he's a young guy. Um, Maybe he puts together something worth owning. Like, this line tonight was solid. 11-9, two assists, three steals, one block. He did only take three shots from the field. But, you know, the Magic are going to need somebody here. And if he's going to start, I'm definitely keeping an eye on him. 14-teamers, I couldn't blame you if you wanted to take a flyer. Standard leagues, I'm not there yet. Off the bench... DJ Augustine had 18 points. We talked about him last week. Two boards, three assists, two threes. Um, he's not a bad end-of-your-bench point guard guy to have, but there's probably somebody with more upside out there. Terrence Ross had 25 minutes tonight, and they're probably going to need him to do more scoring. He's He's been pretty decent uh, since Isaac went down, but tonight a little bit off. Nine points, one three, one steal. I'm looking for anything else here, Alan. I'm really... <laughs> Wes Awundu, yeah. I guess, I think he was starting before, coming off the bench now for 19 minutes, 7-7, seven and seven, two assists, a steal. That's... I'm not seeing a whole lot here, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of digging. Uh, what's your take on these guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not... I'm, I can take my shovel down and hit the bedrock with you, but I don't think we can <laughs> dig any deeper here. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I think that the uh, Kim Birch... Over Wes Iwundu in the starting lineup is kind of an interesting note. Um, but I, I, I'm also very, yeah, I'm just, I don't really know if there's much there for Birch outside maybe a 16 team setting if you're in need of the rebounds off the bench. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on him after this one. I am keeping in mind that this was against, I mean, I, don't, I, I didn't see this game, but for the Wizards, they just couldn't get anything to go tonight. It looks like the, the magic just clamped down in every which way on them defensively. So maybe this could be a sign of things to come for him. I mean, who knows? He's the only guy who's probably floating around waiver wires who's worth monitoring in some capacity. And I agree with you that Terrence Ross is going to be a guy who needs to step up here. And I do like him rest of season as sort of your end of the bench scorer type. But, you know, he's not going to be – I don't think he's going to be a top 100 asset like he was last season. Yeah, I'm with you. So, and with that, we'll just move on to our next game here. And this one was actually more competitive than most probably thought. The Houston Rockets and the Atlanta Hawks. The Rockets take this one in, in uh, State Farm Arena 122-115. to We'll start with James Harden, as we should. He had a 40-point triple-double in this one, 41 10 rebounds, 10 assists, two steals, three blocks, and four three-pointers. He shot nine of 34 from the floor, though. Ooh. And it was, it, you know, he actually started the game 
really hot. He hit his first six out of his nine shots and went on to go three of 25. So he really, uh, it was sort of like a half, it was like coming out of halftime. He just couldn't do anything. Luckily, though, his teammates came to play. They were hitting shots all night long. Eric Gordon had 17 points in the starting lineup in place of Russell Westbrook, who was out, I guess, in a load management capacity before they head to Oklahoma City tomorrow. Eric Gordon, uh, he had a three assist and a rebound and three three-pointers. He is not a guy that I look towards in the standard leagues. He just has very little to his game. If you're, He has the three-pointers, and that's about it, but his efficiency kills you, and you could probably do better. P.J. Tucker had a nice bounce-back game here. He had eight points, 17 rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block on three of seven shooting. He's been, uh, I've gotten a lot of questions about him of late. Uh, pretty much every time one of you guys on Twitter asks me about uh, who to drop for someone on the wire, Tucker is almost always brought up. And I cannot emphasize enough that he's just going to get back to it. This is what he does. He is a guy of peaks and valleys. He is not going to be a top 60 player. No, but he is going to be a guy who will be in the top 100. I feel very confident in that. Uh, he, he's you know the, the slumps are particularly bad because he's such a low usage guy, but he he's really capable of doing a lot for you in a nine category setting. Clint Capella, speaking of giant rebounding lines, uh, he had uh, he went for twenty two and 22, 22 points, twenty two rebounds, two steals, two blocks, nine of fourteen shooting from the floor, nine of fourteen shooting from the floor. Uh, he's just going to continue trucking along and it shouldn't surprise anyone that against this Atlanta front line, he was able to do a lot on the boards here. And uh, Ben McLemore is another one of those guys I mentioned earlier. He was hitting his shots all night long, six of nine from three point range. Those were the only shots he took. It was got, it netted him 18 points, three rebounds and an assist. Um, but he's also not a guy that I'm paying attention to in most settings outside very deep leagues. And yeah, the Rockets are pretty, uh, they're pretty easy to read. This team is mostly comprised of three or four relevant players. Uh, well, there's Daniel House, too, who continues to sort of not be relevant. He, he, after his really hot start, kind of mirroring PJ Tucker and his low usage value, um, he's just not been a guy worth using over the last month or so. I think he's been ranked outside the top 150. He scored four points in this game grabbed two rebounds, had two assists, and a steal and a block. He liked the defensive stats, and those are necessary for him to maintain some value. But uh, as of now, he's probably a guy who should be on waivers until he can get some consistency going again. Uh, Kurt, any anything that you'd like to add on the Rockets? Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. How started the season hot, and I think our, our uh, buddy Dan Bespers would kill me for saying this, but I think he's a drop at this point. Uh and Eric Gordon, like you said, saw him get scooped up a lot when he was coming back, and totally with you there. He'll hit you some threes, not going to do really anything else, and usually, I mean, tonight's 5 of 14 from the field looks better than I feel like the typical Aaron Gordon line. Maybe it's like 3 of 16. He, like, his shooting lines can really, really burn you. And I like your take on Tucker. I'm maybe a little less excited, but I couldn't blame you for holding on there either. Um, on the Hawks side, your, your boys from Atlanta, gosh, it's like 
Trey Young and James Harden were going toe to toe. Like it's it's crazy how almost how pretty similar their lines are here. Uh, Trey, I could be wrong here, and you you probably know this offhand. I want to say this is his first triple double. I'm probably completely wrong. Forty two. This points. actually is. Uh, I think this is his third. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, solid line. Forty two points, thirteen boards, ten assists, a block, four three pointers, sixteen of eighteen from the stripe. Uh, from the field, not amazing, 11 of 30, but you're not complaining with that line. And he did beat Harden's 9 of 34. If I were to take one line or the other, even though Harden kind of butchered your, uh, your field goal percentage there, I kind of like, I like those defensive numbers. Uh, I'm lucky enough in one spot to actually have both of them on the same team. Um, John Collins had 17 and 14 with four blocks. That's very nice to see from him. Uh, his rookie year... He looked like he was going to be a guy that was capable of blocking shots. We saw that kind of go away last year. So good to see that from him. He also chipped in a steal and a three and saw 33 minutes. Rookie DeAndre Hunter had 5-2-2. Two, and two. No defensive stats. And a three-pointer. I think he can do better in standard leagues. 14-teamers I could see holding on. Maybe he gets it going later on in the season. These Hawks aren't going anywhere fast, so they have no incentive not to play him. Cam Reddish started, played 18 minutes, no thanks. Kevin Herter, this guy, I picked him up in a couple spots, thinking just to stream him a couple weeks back, around Christmas or so, and he has been great. Like, I, I picked him up, and I figured I'd get a game or two out of him. I think I needed to stream some threes at, at that time. And in his last six games, 14-game sample size, he's number 66 in 9-cat, according to Yahoo!, 93% from the stripe, 18 points, 5 boards, 4 assists, 1 steal, 3.0 3-pointers. Just really killing it, and sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. I was not super high on him. I thought, I mean, not to throw shade at Herder, uh, but I just talking about Eric Gordon, I was kind of thinking, you know, a guy that's going to hit threes but doing it on bad efficiency, and his efficiency hasn't even been bad in this span. We're talking about 45% from the field. And he's in his second year, I believe. I think good things are in store for him. Um, even when Trey was out, you know, usually his numbers showed that he struggled with Trey off the court, and and he did just fine. So, super stoked about him. If you got him, congratulations. Keep on holding. Off the bench, Alex Lenz had a couple game, good games lately. Twenty three minutes, fourteen and ten with a block. Uh, probably more of a fourteen sixteen team or there. Alan Crabb, who they uh, got in the Torian Prince deal, saw 25 minutes for 9-2. and two. Not even, probably not even a deep league guy at this point. I feel like I'm missing something here. Alan, these are your boys. Tell me what I got wrong here. No, uh, man, you, you, you hit all the important points. Uh, so, you, you, particularly on Herter, who is definitely... Uh, he, he, this is the best basketball he's played of his young career so far. And it's not even close really just the, since mid December. I mean, he's sporting averages of 15 points a game, 4.7 rebounds and three and a half assists in uh, steal 1.3 steals. Two is not bad for him and two and a half threes. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, I, I, he, in, like you said, we were talking, he's top 70 on this run. There's definitely going to be a drop-off for him, and I love Herter. I, I think that he's got some good things in store for him, too. But, I mean, this is a pretty – this is the pretty much the peak of his powers at this point. Um, 
I'm not saying I think that I'm not advocating for like trying to sell him off because I, I don't think you're going to get all that much for him. I definitely think you just continue to ride out what you got with him. But I'm I'm really I'm really excited to see the you know how he continues to progress as a pro. Uh, the 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 playmaking that we've seen from him so far in this sort of stint as pseudo point guard that he's been playing has been really enjoyable. Uh, he's been working to get his own shot off the dribble of late, which I found particularly interesting. He was much more of a catch and shoot three point shooter last year, but at a lot of times in this game, you'd see him try and get in in the few games leading up to this too. He's been doing a lot to score off the dribble. So there's definitely some staying power, I think, to all this. But he, the top 70 pace is probably not where I'd peg him for the rest of the season. So that's probably going to do it for the Hawks and Rocket side of things. We'll move on to the ESPN game of the night, the Dallas Mavericks and the Denver Nuggets. We'll start on the Nuggets side of things here. The Nuggets, by the way, they won. It was a close game here, 107 to 106. Nikola Jokic, I believe, was the one who put them up for good. He has been a first-round player since the start of December after a really slow start. He had 33 points in this game, six rebounds, seven assists, a steal, and a block, and four three-pointers on 12 of 20 shooting. If you, I think that you, know, you hold on tight. He's back to doing what we all drafted him for, and that's really good to see. Jeremy Grant got the fill-in start from Paul Millsap in this game. He scored 15 points, grabbed five rebounds, and had two assists, a steal, and three blocks, and a perfect eight of eight from the free-throw line. That's not going to happen when he gets that this sort of run. But uh, he is definitely one of the more appealing streamers out there in my mind, just because we know we, we saw plenty of him last year. He was a top 75 kind of guy as a starter. And I do think, and this is just a hunch, but I really do think that there's just going to reach it. We're going to reach a point where Jeremy Grant is just going to, re- I think he could take over the starting role, not like start over Paul Millsap outright, unless, you know, there's just a whole bunch of injury things, but I don't know, like just towards the end of the season, Grant was brought in for some, for he was the power forward of the future for this team. Maybe they try and keep Paul Millsap uh, healthy for the playoffs, limit his playing time. I like him down the road, but for now, he's just a streamer. Jamal Murray had 14 points, three rebounds, five assists on seven of 18 shooting. You sort of know what you get from him on a night-to-night basis. And that's kind of it for like the decent nugget lines. Um, you know, Gary Harris really didn't do a lot in this game. He had nine points on three of eight shooting and three steals, nothing else. I mean, you like the steals, but there's nothing else to really pat it uh, alongside with. Malik Beasley got himself back into the rotation as one. He saw the most minutes of any reserve, 26. He scored 10 points, grabbed five rebounds, and had dished out two assists with two three-pointers. He Playing time opened up for him because Will Barton also sat this game out. Malik, uh, we all know that Beasley's been... Uh, a name that's been thrown around the rumor mill for a while. It seems very likely that he's going to get moved. Denver has a lot of pieces, a lot of young guys that they kind of need to make some decisions on because they can't sign all of them. And we're already seeing Michael Porter Jr., I think, take a lot of that role from Beasley. So he's a guy that's just on my watch list out of virtue that maybe he lands in a spot where he gets a ton of burn. But outside that, um, there's nothing really else interesting here. What, what, what do you see, Kurt? Uh Man, like like you said, uh, it'd be nice to see Grant keep going with the starting role. Um, 
you know, Millsap's been their guy for so long. I don't think they completely phase him out, but, you know, in even high 20s and minutes, Grant can definitely help you, help you, especially in the blocks department. That's what I like about him. Blocks in threes, so he's got that very unicorn light type of stat set going on there. And uh, Gary Harris, you know, I, I said that I thought he was an ad a week or two ago. He's actually surprisingly still in the last 30 days number 88 on the season which is surprising with some of his uh pretty disappointing games but he's been doing it on good efficiency and 1.8 steals in that span that's kind of his value there if and we saw it tonight with three steals so if you don't really need that as much i understand a drop there but he, he's getting solid minutes and like i said in the top 100 in the last month I could see either way. If there's a hot free agent you want to drop him, that's fine. Couldn't blame me there. The guy that I got destroyed on was Michael Porter Jr., man. He had that one game where he he went off for like 25 points or something. And then since then, uh, I think Mike Malone said, yeah, he's going to be the first guy off the bench. And he's going to be our, our guy of the future. This is a sneak peek. Since then, 12 minutes, 20 minutes, 14 minutes. Chipped in 2 points, 4 points, 7 points. And not a whole ton else. I had people just eating me up on Twitter, man. Uh, they were saying, like, this guy's must-add. You have to have him. And uh, recommending drops over guys that were, like, proven top 100 guys. And I could see maybe after the first game when you didn't know if what was going to happen, if he's going to truly play 25 minutes going forward. But people were just destroying me. And I'm like, I haven't seen enough to advocate <laughs> picking this guy up after one game of solid scoring when they're already so stacked, like, Malik Beasley's not going away. Uh, Torrey Craig, you know, so all these other guys that they're they're trying to get minutes to. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you do you like Porter Jr.? I mean, did you bite my head off, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, man. I, was, I know it wasn't. I was you. not a. I knew, well, I was even if it weren't, I was not be a, among the crowd because I agree with you. It's just you, you, first of all, I mean, you never want to re- be a super reactionary to one pop-off scoring game and granted he looked really good in that but you know it's not the sort of guy that you drop standard league players for yeah i mean like he's a flyer type you know he's the sort of guy that you drop someone who's doing nothing for you and see if he can keep it going and like you said he he didn't he he's just not had the playing time there consistently and that's actually been the story for pretty much every reserve for denver this year their minutes are just getting yanked around from anywhere to mid-20s to low teens there's no real consistency to be found there, which is probably why they're exploring the trade market to maybe free some time, maybe just to utilize some of the youth, but also free some time up for some of these other guys. Maybe down the road, like maybe like next season, Porter Jr. can get into that sort of discussion, but I don't see it for him this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Well, on the Mavericks side, we have uh, Luka Doncic doing doncic things. 27, 9, and 10, so missed his triple-double by one rebound. No defensive stats and six turnovers, but also chipped in a three-pointer. He'll be just fine. Uh, Dwight Powell had 16 points, eight boards, three assists, one steal, two blocks, and in the last 30 days, he's number 92 on the season. Good percentages, uh, basically 10, 7, and 1. We also had Tim Hardaway in his second game back hit three threes for 15 points and two assists. He's kind of your your three-point streamer. He's kind of like an upgraded version of Eric Gordon in my eyes. Uh, He's going to get you threes. He's pretty streaky, but he can sometimes chip in some 
other stats. Didn't really see it today. DeLon Wright. We just hope that he could one day get in the mid-20s in minutes. Tonight, he's off 31, and you think his line must have been great. It was okay. Six and six, two assists, three steals, and a three. Uh, he's never going to be a big-time score guy just because his usage is so low. But he's he's low-key pretty good. Um, again, I keep mentioning these last 30 days numbers. That's kind of what I'm looking at versus the whole season at this point. Uh, he's been number 72 in non-cat in the last 30 days. Somewhat, somewhat surprisingly, his... Efficiency is great, 54% almost from the field, 85 from the line, 1.8 steals. Dorian Finney-Smith started. He had a, a decently well-rounded low-end line, 7-4-3, uh, and three, one steal, two blocks, two three-pointers. I'm not trusting him. Maybe a 16-teamer, you could look at him. The one guy here that I'm kind of keeping on my watch list, I've seen him picked up in a few places off the bench, is Maxi Kleba. He had 13 and 7 with one assist, one steal, one block, and one three. Over the last month, he is number 109. Uh, again, solid efficiency from this guy too 55%, 81 from the line, 2.23s, 11 and 5, and 1.0 blocks. That's that's pretty decent. And who knows when Chris Depp's Porzingis is going to come back. And speaking of Porzingis, I would be treating him as a buy low if you can afford to get him. He's got, what what is it's a knee injury, I believe, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. sore, sore right knee. So uh, knee injuries for a big guy are, are scary, no doubt. But I we, we saw uh, in the preseason they were saying that he was going to be load managed and they weren't going to run him out there a whole lot. You know, in the last month he's been averaging almost 34 minutes a game, so they weren't really holding true to that. But maybe now they do rest him more than they need to. Um, his his stat set with those blocks and threes is pretty solid, and you can't really find that in many places. So I'm trying to buy low on him. That's my main takeaway in recent weeks with the Mavericks. We're trying to buy low on him and keeping a close eye on Maxi Kleba. He's probably a pickup and and probably even standard leagues honestly until we get news that Porzingis is coming back. Other than that, you have a. Uh, Seth Curry for deep league three-point streamers. And that's it, man. Alan, what's your take on these guys? Did I miss anything? No, you covered it all. And I like your take on Porzingis because I do think that there's something to be uh, – I think that he – with his injury history, he's probably scaring a lot of people right now with this kind of nebulous absence with the knee. We're not quite sure when he's coming back. Uh, but he does have some upside, and he has not been rested all as frequently as we thought he would be. I mean, that probably might change now with this injury scare popping up in early January. So, you know, I, I'm not sure. Like, who, who would you throw out in a de- in, in, for an offer? It, like, what kind of range would you be targeting? Oh, gosh. Because uh, hmm. I was thinking, you know, I would try and start low and see, you know, how much higher I could creep up. Maybe like, maybe like a top sixty kind of player. Maybe top seventy, somewhere in between. Yeah, where I'm trying to find where is he on the season currently? I had to arrange. Um, so, would you throw out a Miles Turner for him? I might keep. I might. I think I might hold on to Turner just because the block potential with him is sort of like a. He can win you one category on his own. I like that upside. So maybe not a guy like him. Maybe it's something more 
maybe someone who brings a little more uh, diversity to the stat sheet. Like, uh, I don't know. Maybe so, you have someone. Oh, um, so I'm just looking at, at rankings by nine cat. Uh, so Porzingis is 52 on the season. Uh, a guy like Thomas Bryant, if if he were healthy, maybe it could work, but he's injured too. But mm-hmm. like he's down at 64. I, I would mm-hmm. happily trade Bryant for him. Um, yeah. He is coming back soon, so maybe you get someone interested in that because what? I think he's put with the G League, right? Yeah. What What about this guy? Uh, so like I said, Porzingis at 52. DeRozan is at 57. Would you swap out DeRozan for Porzingis, or is that too much? Uh, no, I think I could be amenable to that just because I, DeRozan's the kind of guy that doesn't br- – like, you know, he's top 60, but he doesn't have a lot of upside, you know? Like, he's not yeah. going to go much higher. He, and if he, I mean, there's, there is room to grow, but, like, he's, we know what he is. Porzingis has a lot of upside. He could play at a top 30 pace. He could, you know, he could be, I think he might be, in this scenario, might be more prudent if you're in a roto league compared to a head-to-head just because, you know, it's quite possible that, that he could be treated a little gingerly down the road when he returns. But, yeah, I think that'd be someone I'd be interested in, in swapping. I like it. I got one more for you. Kevin okay. Love is number 65. Oof. Would you give up Love for Porzingis? I would give up Love. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a lot of love for him at the moment, and I'm sorry for even going to that corny joke, but <laughs> I just – it's just the, – that whole thing in Cleveland is just so – gross and yeah. if he's not moved this year i don't even want to like you know he's clearly not capable of <laughs> hiding his discontent as much as many instagram apologies as he wants to send out i mean he's just so not happy there he's a guy that i'm like trying to avoid as much as possible Did you- so yeah i love i'd love to throw him out for porzingis uh, i would definitely not be, i'd be wary of taking love back right did you see that that moment? Uh, I was in the last week sometimes where he's he just got real pissed on the floor and he's like waving his arms and he walks yeah. up to Sexton and he's like, "Give me the ball." <laughs> yeah, he had Chris Paul on him in the post and Colin Sexton was just dribbling out the clock at the top of the key and he, <laughs> uh, I mean it was it was just like he was like an angry kid on the playground just threw the ball yeah. away. It was it was yeah I, like a junior high I, thing. Uh, no no thanks no no Kevin loves for me please. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. We all use it in different ways. Everyone in your family is different. Sorry, so, about, sorry about that. Oh, Yah- it's okay. Yahoo ads, you know how it goes. Disgusting. Yep. <laughs> Get out of here, Yahoo. <laughs> all right. So, let's go on to. Well, actually, you know, let's take a let's take a brief, a quick breath here before we get to our final three games. We should take quick breath and talk about our friends at my bookie, my bookie. .ag. You know what also makes these games more fun? A few dollars. Put a few dollars on them. Why not? Place your next bet at mybookie.ag, the new online betting partner here with HoopBall. Go and sign up for an account and use our promo code BOXSCORE, one word, B-O-X-S-C-O-R-E. You can use that, and he, MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Won't go any higher than that. Head there now, and again, that's mybookie.ag. If you're betting, bet with us at mybookie. So now let's head on over to our final three games. We will go with Chicago and New Orleans next. The Bulls drop this one, 108 to the Pelicans, 123. 
We'll start with Chris Dunn, who had one of the better lines on the night. 15 points, uh, 7 assists, 4 rebounds on 6 of 11 shooting. He had 3 three-pointers and 5 steals. He continues to be a guy worth owning in standard settings for his steal upside alone. He's, you know, he's a little inconsistent in the other areas, but he's got this starting role well secured at this point. You don't really need me to tell you that. Uh, He's just a guy you should continue trotting out there. Zach Levine had 32 points on 13 of 24 shooting, an efficient night for him. He added five rebounds, six assists, two steals, and three three three-pointers. Thaddeus Young got the start in place of Wendell Carter Jr. in this one. Young had 18 points, grabbed six rebounds, two assists, three steals, and three three three-pointers. I know a lot of people were probably thinking that Daniel Gafford would be the guy who would step into a larger role here. I definitely took a a flyer on him in a league where I was a little needy for blocks. Gafford, while able to get two blocks and a steal, he just saw 16 minutes with four rebounds and no points, along with those three defensive stats. So Thad Young is, I think, clearly the guy that you'd want for however long Carter is out. It seems like it could be an extended absence. I don't know if we're talking weeks here, but it could be a handful of games. Um, I believe it was an ankle injury. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, Kurt, that he suffered in his last one. But he, uh, yeah, yeah, it it didn't look good. Uh, I remember he needed assistance off getting off the court. So yeah, Thad Young, if he's seeing 35 minutes a night, he's definitely a guy worth using in standard settings. He's proven that year after year after year. And yeah, he did not disappoint with this one. Gafford has some appeal too in really deep settings. And it's possible that he could see more than 16 minutes because, you know, he saw 25 in the in the last ball game where he started filling in and he played pretty well. There, there's definitely some upside in blocks there, but he's not the guy I'm going after first. Um, and Laurie Markin, and before I forget, he had a pretty pedestrian game, 14 points on four of 13 shooting with two three pointers, four rebounds and an assist. But he's been much better of late. So I'm not looking too much into this one. Um What's your take on all of this, Kurt? Uh, how do you feel about the uh, the Wendell Carter injury situation? Yeah, I'm 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 curious too, and and like you said, I I didn't I actually didn't pick up Gafford anywhere, but um, I was interested, and I know from preseason, our, our buddy coach likes to really look into the the rookie incoming class, and I, I believe he went to uh, what was it Vegas to watch a summer league, and he was really high on Gafford. Uh, especially for the block, so definitely watching him. And and you were right; it was an ankle injury on him. Um, so definitely still keeping him on my watch list. We, who knows how long Wendell will be out? But definitely watching there. Yeah, yeah, the same thing here. I mean, yeah, he's really the second guy between the two. It, that Young's probably owned in more spots than he should be. Oh already. yeah, 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 yeah. So. But yeah, and then Gafford has some appeal there yeah. in the block department. All right. Um, on the Pelican side, we had uh, Drew Holiday out with an elbow injury. He says he doesn't know when he'll be back, so take that for what you will. Maybe it's the next game. Maybe it's a little ways down the road. Uh, with him out, we saw Josh start. <laughs> Josh start. Josh Hart get a start. <laughs> he saw 33 minutes for 13, 6, and 1. Had three steals, two three-pointers. As long as Holiday is out, he looks like he's going to be a decent streamer. J.J. Redick had one of his better games 
uh, of note recently. 35 minutes, 24 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 6 three-pointers, and took 12. Brandon Ingram, who has been just a complete monster this year, uh, last month, he's number 13 on the season, 26-7, and seven, almost 4 assists, almost 1.5 steals, 90% from the free throw line. This guy, I mean, kind of similar to Andrew Wiggins. I think Wiggins has trailed off, but they've been like complete transformations this year. He's just been amazing for a guy that was sitting usually around pick 100 in a lot of drafts. Derek Favors, who's had a lot of double-digit rebounding games in a row lately. He had 12-9 and nine today, missed it by one. One block, only saw 24 minutes, which uh, was a little lower for him, which meant that Jackson Hayes was able to pick up 24 minutes off the bench for 14-12 and 12 with four blocks. I was uh, pretty excited about this guy, and I thought he was a good second-half type stash, but then he went on a run of getting uh, very low minutes and not doing much at all, uh, where it seemed like Favors had kind of pushed him out of the rotation. He didn't score in double figures for, gosh, 10-ish games in a row, was getting super low minutes, but... I mean, they're not really playing for much besides development here. So uh, I, I think if you can afford to stash and you're looking for a double-double guy who can get you some blocks, I think he's a good second-half stash. But then we also have to keep in mind that Zion's nearing a return too, so that's going to shake up everything here. Uh, Lonzo Ball, I think I was higher on this guy than most coming into the season. A lot of people had written him off for the bad percentages. Um, the wonky shot that he had, but he's he's been decent lately. He had 11 points, five boards, seven assists, one steal, one block. The reason I was high on him was I was watching him in the preseason. It looked like he had, had gotten his shot together, and he was taking lots of threes. On the last month in 9-cat, he's number 128. Nothing to write home about, but he's really sunk by the fact that he's shooting 43% from the field and 39% from the stripe and that 39% from the stripe is only on 1.6 attempts so he's only averaging one miss per game that's not really hurting you all that much as the rankings would lead you to believe other than that almost 14 points six boards four five assists 1.4 steals and 0.1 blocks so I think especially if you're in a head-to-head league and you don't care as much about percentages and they fluctuate so much from week to week if you're in a league where a guy's just looking at the rankings mostly, and they see Lonzo's at 128, and his default rank was 94, I'm all about going to get him. Like, he just gives you juicy numbers across the board. It, like I said, if you don't mind those percentages, and I don't have a basketball monster in front of me, but I'm, I'd be curious to know, if you're not looking at percentages, like, what, what he ranks without that. Um, other than that... Preseason hype guy, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, saw 20 minutes for 11-6 and two threes. But there's usually not going to be enough for him. And really, that's all I got on these Pels. What do you got, Alan? So I went ahead and did it for you. And I'm uh, through Basketball Monster, and I decided to filter seasoned rankings without percentages. And Lonzo Ball, sure enough, is inside the top 70. Ranked 66 overall. Yeah. Or... No, sorry, that's over the last month. Yeah, 68 overall on the season. 
So yeah, pretty much the same thing. And yeah, like you said, those counting stats are all there for him. The rebound, the the, the sorry, the assists and the steals, and surprisingly, the three pointers have come around for him a lot this season. Yeah, those have been consistent. Um, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm about that. I, I think that he's definitely turned a corner as of late. And you could probably flip him for someone at the like you know on the fringe somewhere ninety to one hundred range, and you could probably land yourself a guy who will give you some value that's pretty. Uh, that you know, I think he's turning a corner on the year, and particularly if you're punting either of those two percentages, he's definitely more appealing. Particularly, uh, I think field goal percentage, because like you said, his low free throw attempts don't really factor into the equation all that much. Yeah. So yeah, I like that. I like that take there. Um, and yeah, nothing really else to add there. There's kind of like a weirdo guy I've been sort of keeping an eye on is Etwan Moore because. For whatever reason, he's been getting a lot of burn over his like over his last few ball games. Like in his last seven games, before he came into this one, he was t- he was playing 24 minutes a game, which is not nothing. Uh, it looks like he lost a lot of minutes out to Nikhil Alexander Walker. He's not really anything more than just one of those guys who takes minutes from these other guards. He he was hitting three pointers pretty well. Um, he was like the number he was ranked inside the top 115 through that seven game stretch that I'm referring to. Really, if anything, I just like to him as a contrast to say like Eric Gordon, who everyone yeah. loves to pick up because he gets you those crazy three pointers and that's all he does. Well, that's all Eastwan Moore does too. And you know what? He can do that without killing your percentages. So good point. I'm sure you, you hear that name and you don't think that he's anywhere near the fantasy value that Eric Gordon is, but honestly, he's probably better. Uh, I'm not advocating that everyone go pick him up, but just wanted to make that point, I guess, when you look at some of these other guys that might be getting a little overrated with the three-point shooting. I like it, though. Like, uh, same thing, but not, not going to kill you on the field goal percentage. Yeah. No, and he's he, – I don't know why he's playing 24 minutes a game. I feel there's so many guards in New Orleans. It yeah. just seems weird. But – you know, sad. it was it was enough of a streak. It was enough of a trend of worth monitoring. And tonight, he he didn't really get there. He saw eighteen minutes, uh, lost out to the to the rookie. So yeah, I don't know. Just uh, throw him on the watch list, I guess. If you need three pointers down the line, and you don't want to have those holes burnt into your percentages. Yeah. So let's move right along to our second to last game of the night: the New York Knicks and the Utah Jazz. Utah takes this one one twenty eight to one oh four. Uh, yeah, God, the Knicks. Let's start with let's start with a, an interesting note. Reggie uh, Reggie Bullock is continuing to have a stint in the starting lineup. He saw 24 minutes in this ball game, scored nine points on four of nine shooting with a three pointer, three rebounds, and an assist with nothing else to add there. He uh, another guy who's uh, probably a more interesting three point shooter specialist type of player than Eric Gordon or something like that, but. Also not a guy that I'm really targeting in any setting. Bobby Portis also got the start in this one. Uh, I believe it was for Julius Randle, who wasn't able to make the trip for personal reasons. Portis, in 29 minutes, scored 13 points and grabbed 13 rebounds, had six assists and two three-pointers on five of 17 shooting. He's not really relevant in any sort of scenario, I guess, unless some uh, a few injuries take place to this Knicks front court, particularly Randle. But you know, I'm not going to count on that stash him by any means Alfred Payton continues to start he only saw 24 minutes in this game he was outplayed by Frank Nilakina in only 19 minutes Nilakina had 16 points 
six of 10 shooting with four rebounds, three assists and a steal. Peyton, by the way, I don't think I even said what he did. He didn't do much. He scored 13 points, had two rebounds and nothing else. He's kind of a guy that I've moved off of in a lot of settings. I I only was holding on to him because he was an assist specialist, but you know, that's kind of a stat that's a little hard to come by uh, off the waiver wire. But he's got a lot of holes in his game. He's just not that all, all that appealing. His upside's not that high. I think you could do better. Um, and uh, my oh, Mitchell Robinson. How could I forget? The only guy on this Knicks team that makes me smile. He didn't really do that, though, tonight. In 22 min- he only saw 22 minutes, scored six points, grabbed four rebounds, and assist in one block shot. He's fine. He's going to continue to be fine. This coaching change has been really good for him. He's been much closer to the early round player that people drafted him at than the sort of late round player that he was to start the season. And uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else on the Knicks. Uh, Kurt, what you got? Not a lot, man. They're they're kind of bad here. Um, the only thing, like I like you were saying, it's kind of strange to see Alfred Payton, the assist specialist, get zero assists. Which I mean, that's that's what you want him for. I have just for that reason in a spot where I'm kind of assist weak, but I guess he kind of burned me there tonight. Um, not much else, man. On on the Jazz side, I was looking up, again, past 30-day numbers, and you know what surprised me? Who the best player on the Jazz, without looking, can you tell me? on uh, A nine cat in the last 30 days. Do you know who it is? Can I, I'm going to be a little optimistic and guess Joe Ingles here. You are right, good sir. Yes! He is number 28 in that span, the 13-game sample size. Donovan Mitchell is 35, and Gobert is 45. Um, And surprisingly, Jordan Clarkson comes in fourth at 125. Anyway, he has just been a monster with Mike Conley out. And Conley, I feel like this was the most optimistic update we've seen, and it wasn't even optimistic. It's like Mike Conley got up some shots today. Well, (laughs) whoop-de-doo. I mean, I'm sitting on him in like four different places and I'm seeing lots of uh, blurbs and stuff advocate that he's a drop, and I I understand that, but if he does come back and play, I feel like I can't get that upside off the wire, so I'm, I'm kind of stubborn on him, and I'm not very stubborn usually, and I, I'm usually the quick trigger finger kind of guy, but for somebody that I took in the fourth round in a lot of places, it's really hard to let go, but maybe I'll end up regretting it. Anyways, the guy we talked about, Joe Ingles, tonight was actually one of his quieter lines. He had 11 points, 2 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 threes. Rudy, Gobe- Rudy Gobert went for 16 and 16, 4 assists. Uh, he doesn't usually assist very often. 1 steal, 1 block. Donnie Mitch had 16, 3 and 6, 2 triples. Uh, and Boyan Bogdanovich had 20 points and 4 threes. Off the bench... We had Moutier chip in 20 points to tie Bogdanovich for leading scorer. He had four assists, three boards, one steal, one block, two threes. Jordan Clarkson, a recent acquisition from the Cavs. We know what he does, score, not much else. He showed that tonight, 11 points, one assist, one steal. Actually got you, okay, a steal and a block. So he got you a triple one. So maybe that's one of the better uh, Jordan Clarkson lines. Other than that, I don't think any of these guys off the bench are even deep league guys. I mean, maybe Moutier and say a 16-teamer or deeper. Otherwise, not much has changed here for the Jazz. What's your take, Alan? 
Yeah, no, there's nothing on that bench that excites me. Uh, Moutier and Clarkston are kind of the two guys that you look at maybe if you want scoring, but you could probably, yeah, no. I'm, I'm not going for either of them in my deepest league. Couldn't blame you. Yeah, the yeah the whole Mike Conley thing is rather interesting um, just because of the other wrinkle that the Jazz just have flat out been a better team with Joe Ingles kind of running the show yeah. than they were with Conley. And, you know, it's not totally fair to Conley because he, he's, he's a point guard adjusting to a brand new roster. There's obviously going to be growing pains there. He wasn't able to stick around long enough to see that out. But, you that's know, a- it's going to be really – yeah, sorry, what did you say? Well, that's a good point, though. I mean – Conley being older, all often dinged up, and they're mm-hmm. obviously doing better with Ingles. Maybe when Conley comes back, if he comes back, you know, maybe he comes off the bench for limited minutes. Who who knows? That's a that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I was just I'm not really sure what you do if you're a Utah situation. I really don't think you can move Ingles back to the bench either because he was playing really bad off the bench. He needs good players around him to not only maximize his skills, but the those around him. He's a good playmaker. The, he knows the, the starters really well. There's yeah. chemistry there. And before so, Conley went down, I think Ingles was available in all of my leagues. Like that's yeah. People were pretty frustrated. I drafted Ingles to start the year. I dropped Ingles because he was killing me, and then I picked him back up when Conley went down because, uh, you know, I'm like, this is his chance. And now he's been, like, my third best player ever since. So uh, it's that's one of the more fascinating situations in the fantasy landscape, in my mind. And it's definitely some intrigue in real life, too. Just this Utah team who is – they're now 25-12. and 12. It's a great record. I mean, you, this is your star acquisition over the summer. Once he gets back into play here, what do you do? It's going to be really interesting to see. And, and good for you. You're able to scoop him up. So so oftentimes I drop a guy when I'm like, yep, he's not doing it. He's done. And I just I would just leave him dead to rights. Somebody else picks him up and he's blowing up. And I'm just uh-huh. sitting there just just annoyed watching him blow up on someone else's roster. So at least you were able to scoop him back up. Oh yeah, that 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 almost if I if I had missed out on him, that really would have deflated any optimism I would have had left for that team. Because I mean, he so that, thank God. Um, all right, well, I think that's that. That'll do it for that game. We'll move on to our final game of the night: the Milwaukee Bucks and the Golden State Warriors. This was supposed to be such a much better game, but it wasn't. It's actually a little closer than I than. I guess you would have thought. 107 bucks to 98 Warriors. Start with Giannis Antetokounmpo, as always. He had 30 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, and a steal on 10 of 21 shooting. He only missed 4 free throws out of his 13 attempts, which is not horrible. So, I mean, it's not great, but it's not horrible. Uh, Chris Middleton, he scored 21 points in this game with 7 rebounds, 6 assists, and a steal on 6 of 16 shooting. Added 3 three-pointers and a turnover as well. Eric Bledsoe continuing to play himself back into form after missing some time with uh, with the leg injury. He had 16 points, three rebounds, two assists, three steals in a block on four of 11 shooting. He's been a lot better since the start of the year. He just needs to develop some consistency, and he could probably get you some top 50 value, I think. Uh, he just got to stay out there. Also hit all eight of his free throws, which is really nice. Brooke Lopez scored 12 points blocked two shots and had three steals in two three-pointers to go with three rebounds and two assists. But you're really only interested in those cash counters, which Lopez will be able to get you, particularly the threes and blocks department. He's continuing to roll along just fine. And, um, yeah, that's kind of 
all the really interesting things there. Wes Matthews, 27 minutes in this game with three points, two rebounds, and an assist. and Nothing to do there. The only other interesting buck between those four main starters, I think, is Dante DiVincenzo, who continues to see minutes in the mid-20s. He had eight points, five rebounds, four assists, and two steals. His value is very much correlated to playing time. He's a very hustle stat type of player. And he's just the guy you need to keep in mind whenever one of these wings ahead of him go out. Um, Kurt, what do you have to add to the Bucks? Um, just uh, with George Hill being out, I, I don't mm-hmm. think I've seen this. I've, I've been playing fantasy, I think, coming up on a decade. I don't think I've ever seen anyone listed out because of body. Um, so <laughs> is that what the was? That's, that's, that's what uh, the blurb is I'm seeing, that he was out because of body. Um <laughs> You know, normally I'll say, like, left ankle, right knee, whatever. So, kind of funny. Uh, I'm seeing that yeah. it's probably a load management type thing for an older guy. Uh, he's been amazing efficiency-wise. So, if you got him, probably don't read too much into that one. Other than that, man, uh, I got nothing. You want to hear about the Warriors? Yes, please. Alrighty, so, we still got no D'Angelo Russell, which is unfortunate. Uh, he's got a right shoulder injury. Kind of a bummer because probably a lot of people are trying to sell high on him. In his last game on the 28th of December, he had 35 points, six board, or six assists, and nine three-pointers. So that was a great time to sell. Uh, I know my brother was trying to move him. He sent some offers out for him. And you know before he knew it, he had the injured tag on him. He's like, great, now I can't move him again. Um, <laughs> kind of a bummer there. Similarly, Draymond Green, he's another guy that people are trying to move. He led the team in minutes tonight at 34. Uh, an ugly one of seven from the field. An okay uh, line from Draymond. Five, eight, and eight with two steals, one block, one three. Um, yeah, I, I am all in the camp that if you can sell on him and get, if you can get something in the top fifty, obviously do that. I don't see that really happening. Uh, in the top seventy-five, I would probably do that pretty quick too, and. I wouldn't want to go much lower, but if you want to get off him, you might have to. Glenn Robinson, he's got an okay uh, stat set, but he's very streaky. 15 points, 7 boards, an assist, a steal, 2 threes. He could be in for some nice run as the season goes on. Willie Cauley-Stein, 10 and 11, no defensive stats. Kai Bowman, uh, who they've converted now, I believe. 7 points, 3 assists, 2 steals, 1 rebound, 1 three. In only 23 minutes, I'd expect a little bit more out of him with uh, D'Angelo out. But oddly enough, we saw when when Bowman had a these his little bursts of of being pretty interesting in the past. It was when Draymond Green was out um, and not D'Lo. But somebody that I'm watching, uh, not picking him up, and probably even 14 teamers at this point. But definitely somebody I'm watching. Uh, the most interesting guy here for me who's owned it already in all my leagues is Damian Lee. I saw him actually get dropped in one spot. Maybe I can uh, grab him. He had 15 points, four rebounds, four assists, one steal, four three-pointers. And on the season, well, not on the season, on the last month, 13-game sample size, nine-cat. Lee is number 80 on the season, basically on the strength of 14, six, and about three with one steal, 1.53s, and 90% from the free throw line. If you got him, I would say hold on tight. 
Alec Burks is really the main guy to mention off the bench here. He had 19 points with seven assists, three threes. He, he's been somewhat surprising when we weren't sure where this Warriors team was going to go. I wasn't excited about him thinking he was mainly a scoring guy, but he's he's been one of the better guys on the team so far, so got to eat some crow on that one. Eric Pascal, this one's a little surprising. I, okay, he had five fouls, so I was looking at the minutes count. He saw 12 minutes only for four points and two rebounds. I thought he could get some extended run as this team continues to... Uh, go full full force into tank mode, but maybe it was the fouls that limited him tonight. Other than that, uh, there was this guy, Alan Smilagic. I don't, I don't know a lot about him, but I think tonight was one of the first times he's played. Actually, I'm trying to find him in Yahoo, and I'm not... Oh, here he is. Uh, I'm wrong. That was not one of the first times he played, but he hasn't played a ton this season. He... Uh, I believe was called up from the G League recently. Anyway, uh, don't even know why I mentioned him because he's not really uh, relevant in almost any league at this point. And I'm just kind of grasping at straws here. Alan, yeah. bring us to the finish line, brother. Let's see. Well, I don't think there's much more to add other than this, this, these Warriors continue to just be a mosh, a mosh posh different guys. I like your point on the Kai Bowman thing, how he really excelled with Draymond out. I, I think that speaks to the role that Draymond plays with this team compared to D'Lo. Even though D'Lo is the point, it plays the position, Draymond is the point guard. And with him out of the way, Bowman's actually able to run the offense, and that's where all of his value would lie. So if he is sticking around with the big club for the rest of the year, he's the guy I'm putting on my watch list for whenever Draymond is shut down, if that time does come. You know, it's Draymond Green, so it, the Warriors are kind of an uncharted territory here. We'll see if he does get that shutdown tag, but Bowman becomes pretty interesting in that situation. I like it. Yep, and I think that will do it. It was a nine-game juggernaut for us to get through tonight. It was. Uh, I think we did pretty well, Kurt. I think we did, man. We we got lucky on the last Wednesday. What was it? Four games we had last week. <laughs> yeah, it was a little easier to to breeze through that one. Well, but, uh, yeah, I think we, we got some good reps now. Uh, we've covered basically half the league in one night. Yeah, for sure. So, where can, before we head out here, where can the people follow you? Uh, listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions, you can you can hit me up at Captain Kanegas. Um, I would spell it out, but I'll, it's, it's pretty messy. Check it out in the description. <laughs> um, Alan, too, also likes to answer your Twitter questions. Alan, where can you be found? You can find me at my name on Twitter. Also rather complicated to spell out, but it's A-L-A-N-S-R-O-C-H-I. Just find it in the link on Twitter if you find your podcast from there. Uh, Kurt and I are always looking to answer questions. We, we love to hear from you all. So please send them out to us. And with that, we hope you all enjoy your Thursday and your weekend following that. We'll catch you guys next time. Have a good one. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.